We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. You are in the eye of the hurricane. The official podcast of Manatee Hurricanes football with your host, Chad Choate. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of In the Eye of the Hurricane, presented by Godson's Pizza House and Coastline Contractors. I'm your host, Chad Choate, and I'm joined here, and I will be joined every week by head football coach Jacquez Green. We want to thank you for joining us as we talk everything Manatee Hurricane football. Coach, we're going to jump right into it. We didn't have a podcast last week, crazy week with with elections and things like that going on. But uh, let's go back two weeks ago, IMG kickoff classic, you know, the kickoff classic is a great way just to see where we're at, right? See, you know, from spring ball through summer, where are we at? Who do we got in the, in the kickoff classic? We had a really good opponent in IMG. Um, I want to say white, uh, which is their varsity team. Um, I knew they'd come in with size and some skilled kids, and, and they did. And we came out with a great victory, 30-21. to 21. So let's talk a little bit about that game before we get into last week's win against Wiregrass. We played um, IMG White. Uh, There's a the regular varsity team over at IMG. They had some big kids, you know. They're the big kids, physical kids. You can tell they spent a lot of time in the weight room. So more than anything, I was impressed the, the way we controlled the line of scrimmage on both sides of the football. Consider those kids were you know, big old kids. Uh, I think we were the first time that a Manatee football team has played the IMG yep. football team. So our kids have been excited about playing that game all over the summer. And it was good to have a kickoff classic. Last year, I think our kickoff classic got canceled because of COVID. Oh, that's right. Against Hempe so, Tech, you're so right. it was good. I think the year before it got canceled against Southeast, maybe. So it was the <laughs> first time we had a kickoff classic in a while right here. So it gave us a chance to get the Kings out before we went into the regular season. Yeah. And, you know, Obviously, the game, you know, just to recap the, the IMG game, we go up 20 nothing, you know, and, um, uh, you know, I, I kind of saw kids are kids. You know, they've never been in that situation. A lot of these kids have never been in that situation. You're playing a team that's IMG, and you're really, you know, you're hyped and you're ready to go. You're up 20, 20 nothing. You kind of, you know, de- you know, you go from fifth gear to fourth gear a little bit, or you, you, you're not as concentrated on assignments, alignments, and things of that defense. We give up, you know, quick strike plays to, to for them to score. All of a sudden, they score 21 unanswered points. It's 21-20. What I loved about that game, and I'm sure you, you could probably attest to this, is it, it put us in a corner, backs against the wall, and we responded. It was really good to say, how are we going to respond? The defense got hit in the mouth several times to go to, you know, 21 points. The offense kind of stalled there in the beginning of the second half. But then we turned it on. We come back. We get a field goal. I love getting the kicker with a field goal. He's got one under his belt now. So when we have to rely on him maybe later on the season, he's already done it. Defense shuts him out in that fourth quarter, and offense scores again. Looking at that game like that, now you've gone through something like that against a good opponent. Now we've got something to hang our hats on when when we play a a Rockledge maybe down the road or something like that where, hey, we're down in the fourth quarter. That's okay. It, it was good to see the kids uh, fight back after being down 21 to 20. I think last year with their youth, they probably would they, they would have folded their tents and probably just you know end up being a blowout. It's the old time G, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the thing that was impressive about me was the fact that you know we came back and played physical line of scrimmage. We ran the ball back down the field. We made a lot of key throws on third down to convert third downs. 
Um, a kicker answer, hit a field goal when it was a pressure situation. Uh, we was down 21-20. And also the defense uh, closed the game out real strong. They they stopped IMG on the next three or four possessions and, and actually blocked punt. Block punt. They actually made a big hit to end the game. You know, yep. IMG was scrambling trying to get the ball in the game. So I just like the way the kids fought back after being down you know, in the second half. They could have easily you know, folded their tits and, and been like, this is just a kickoff class and you know, we'll be ready next week. But they showed it that night. But we, we got a lot of kids that we got a lot of guys, got a lot of good leadership this year on the team, and, and I can tell they was talking to the kids on the side, and they was doing the right way. They wasn't belittling each other or, or talking down on each other. They was you know letting each other know that they had a lot of time left in the ball game, and, and we still got enough time to score a couple more times. So it's great to to get a win no matter what. I don't care if it counts on the scoreboard or, or you know on the on the final or not. When you're putting points on a scoreboard, to me, that it's 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 good to win. So it was a great job to get a win there at the kickoff classic. Um, and then we moved to last week. We'll jump into last week. We defeated Wiregrass Ranch and Bulls, uh, 38 to nothing at home. Um, obviously, the night was led by a huge performance from the defensive side. I mean, obviously pitching a shutout, but we scored two touchdowns off pick sixes, um, two safeties. Um, you know, one obviously being on special teams, um, and and really just. Uh, completely dominating them from the defensive side. I think they've got, looking at the stat sheet, I want to say they had less than 50, 60 yards of total offense. Yeah, which is which is absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, when you count in, in, in the, the uh, penalties and things, what what did you see from the defense last week that, that really could, could move us further as we go on the season? Well, we saw an uh, offense or a team that we can dominate defensively, and our kids rose to the occasion and did it, you know. You see that a lot, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to dominate the team. Uh, we, we, we controlled the line of scrimmage. Uh, we didn't let them throw the ball on us. Uh, we got pressure on the quarterback. So we I expect our defense to be real good, one of the strengths of our team, and, and they play that way. You know, Sometimes you, you say you want to shut out, but you don't really get shutouts. Our defense was standing on the shutout, and they, and they end up shutting the team out. So I was impressed with that. Well, I thought that um, Wiregrass Ranch ran a very similar offense to IMG, just not the same guys. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not the same front front guys, not the same skilled players. Although their number three running back, he could tote the rock. He was a good-looking kid. But it was good to see this to a similar offense. Um, and, and knowing for me, what I loved is that the defense didn't play down to the level, right? We were better than them, and we came out and posed that. And that's the thing that was impressive, though. We, we didn't play down to the defense, though. If it wasn't for a few fumbles early in the game, it probably could have got out of hand you know, a lot earlier. But, um, you know, it rained all day, so it was wet outside. And we got some kids that, you know, we had a new running back that came over. And he, he can be aloof at times, and Corey can be aloof at times. Sure. So we had to talk to those guys about ball security a lot this week. But uh, we really could have jumped out those guys a lot more early in the game if we took care of the football. Well, talk a little bit about Tez. So, so first opening play of the game, uh, besides the penalty, they throw a tractor out route, and Tez McDowell jumps it and takes it to the house. Talk about Tez is such a versatile player. I think he can play in the box and be physical. He can play out in space, obviously, and create some some plays that way, and, and he's got good hands. Talk a little bit about him, his leadership, and I know he's a good leader on the defense for us. He's a good leader, man, and, and, and it's not an act. Tez has been very vocal type kid since he's a freshman. You know, he used to be out there as a freshman talking to the older guys on offense. Uh, he's a good leader. He plays. He's terrific in space. He can run. He probably could play safety on the next level. That's how athletic he is, but you know, we have to put him up close to action because he's such a great tackler. You know, he's He's one of those guys that can tackle in space. He can cover receivers, no slot receivers. Uh, he's good in zone drops, reading the quarterback. He's just a, a good all-around football player. He's been a good football player since he's been at Manatee for us. I think, too, what, what I've liked in the past couple weeks, I think our secondary has played really, really well. And to be honest, 
probably the best secondary play that I've seen in years here at Manatee. And and you look at Duke, who was young last year, and and Deron Jeans coming on big, Christian coming, you know, you hear comes over back. He was here when Lake Ranch comes back. You know, that secondary playing really, really well, giving up really almost nothing pass-wise to anybody, even IMG in the kickoff. Coach, we, we have two very smart safeties. You know, I, I was happy year came back. Uh, he always wanted to go to school here, but, he, you know, he finally got his license so he can drive here every day. <laughs> but him and Christian are very smart guys on the back end. They can know how to get both guys lined up. Both of them can tackle. Both of them run well. Both of them play the football in the air well. And Deron and Duke, you know, they started most of last year. They have so much experience on the corner. So we got four guys back there that's, you know, that's good football players. I don't think we really have a, a, weak, a weak link back there. You know, some secondaries that have you know, two guys that can play in two right. is okay. I think all four of those guys uh, do a good job of communicating and, and being on the same page as far as coverages and, and knowing their responsibilities. I think communication is key and just football IQ, right? You yeah. can't, sometimes you just can't teach Christian, that. Christian, they got here, if we had to rank probably our top five smartest players on the team, they're, both of them would probably be in the top five. They, they understand football. They understand angles. They know what's going on back there. Which is a far cry. You know, sometimes you get great athletes back there, but they really don't know football. Sure. They rely on being athletes. But these guys, you know, they know football. They understand where the weakness is in the covers. And, and they also tackle well in space. You know, when the ball pops out of there, you know, I don't have to hold my breath hoping, like, I hope we get, hope we get him yeah. on the ground. I, I know those guys are going to close space and get him on the ground. Well, it, what helps the secondary is obviously a good pass rush and a good front four, and we've got that. There's no question. Ian Johnson Kelly, I think, is up for the area you know, player of the week. I know Corey's too. We'll talk a little bit about the offense here in a minute. But, you know, you, you I think Ian had eight tackles, a couple for loss, a couple sacks. You know, but the front four can be the best friend of the secondary, no doubt. They are. And not only Ian, uh, Elvoy had like five tackles for loss. Right. So he's, he's a – He's so quick inside interior player. Man. His first step, I think, is quickest on the team. He's fast. And is probably some of the quickest I think we'll see, period. He comes up the comes up football, and all those guys can play all over the front. You know, they can play the three technique. They can play the five technique. They can play on the seven technique. They're very versatile. All those guys can run. They all built the same, all about six foot, 255, 260. Yeah. And, and Except got, for Tyreek. He's a yeah, <laughs> <laughs> And we got the perfect middle linebacker. Right. Max, Max, Max can come downhill. He's physical in there. And Max moves well. He, make, he moves a lot. You know better than he looks. On, than he looks, he moves well. And and on the edge, you got you know the Darius was our best freshman linebacker when he was a freshman. Then the next year, Ted was our best freshman linebacker when he was a freshman. Now you got both of those guys on both edges, you know, doing their thing. You know, both of them play well in space. Both of them understand football, and both of them run well. You mentioned a little bit before, and, and obviously, you know, offensively, um, we moved the ball pretty much, to be honest. You, you look at, I've got the, the, the call sheet here, the, the possession sheet right here in front of me. We moved the ball pretty much, other than the first one and the second series, we moved the ball pretty much at will with just the first play, first series. We go 10 plays, 50 yards, and we fumble going in. Um, and you talked about it a little bit. So, you know, ultimately, you know, offensively, I think we left, left you know, things out there. There's no question. So, you know, obviously turnovers was the big one. Fumble, fumbles in this game, three of them to be exact. You know, how do you, how do you approach that in practice? On film, it's easy. You can say, look, guys, if we wouldn't have done this, yeah. we score this one, we score. But how do, you, how do you correct that? You know what I mean? How do we correct those, um, those, those, those uh, fumbles and, and what do we do to make them make sure they're holding on the ball? Well, a lot of it was fundamentals. You know, a lot of the time, last week we got rained out twice last week, so we didn't get a chance to – 
you know, since it's raining now, I went into a lot of team aspects of practice. So this week, I said, regardless of whether it rained or not, we're going to get into our, our run polish and our routes on air because we, we, we didn't, you know, secure the ball as well as we usually do as far as running backs. And we also missed some throws in the pass game that we usually hit. You know, we had some guys running wide open and missed a few throws early in the game. I think we missed the post route, we missed the seam route, so they they was have been touchdowns. So we we tried to make sure we hit the fundamentals regardless of how the weather was this year, and and, I, and we got three good days of practice so far. So uh, hopefully that'll help out. Last week we didn't get but one full day of practice, so um, Mother Nature held out for this week. So hopefully we'll be better fundamentally sound next week on offense. Uh, one thing you know from last week that I thought was great is is a lot of good chunk plays, your 20 25 plus yard plays. I think Keenan had one. I think uh, you know. Obviously, BJ had several, uh, one for a touchdown. So, you know, Ramsey had one as well, you know, a long one. You, you go to those those chunk plays, and I've always said if you can stop those defensively, it's hard for a high school team to go 80 yards, 70 yards consistently. You stop those chunk plays, those big explosive plays, not only do they one score, obviously, with BJ, but they put us in the field position to score, and I think that's huge for our offense. Yeah, we, we, we have a lot of guys that can make plays this year on offense, which is a good thing. You know, we don't have to rely on one or two guys, you know, like in years past. Uh, we got two or three running backs that can make plays. We've got four, like three or four receivers that can make plays in the past game. And that's one of my goals on my goal board as an offensive coordinator each, each game. I always uh, uh, see how many chunk plays we get. It's a 10-plus run or a 15-yard-plus pass, and, and we had a lot of them. And, and over my years, that's correlated to us winning. We get chunk plays more than anything. You know, more, only thing uh, that correlate more to winning were chunk plays and turnover margin. Yeah. And we won that. We, yes, we lost. We lost that battle, yeah. the turnover battle, but still, obviously, won. Um, and and actually, we well, tied the turnover battle. So, you know, when we talked about this in the in the preseason, but I think this year, and you, you alluded to it right there. I think we've got some guys that when the ball gets in their hands, big plays can happen. I think BJ is one of the best route runners. I mean, he, he's running route fantastic, getting off guys. Even an IMG last week in in, in Wiregrass. I mean, getting open. You know, um, and and I'll tell you another big one. That, that it's not going to get a huge talk about in the paper and or anything like that, but the third down and 12 or 14-ish right. um, and, and a nice little dig route, little 14-yard dig route right at the sticks. And Andrew puts a little bit behind Reddick, you know, um, but a great catch. If you don't make that catch, we don't go down and score later on. You know what I mean? Kevon probably has the best hands on the team. He has huge hands for his size. And, uh, and if you notice, I've called that play on third down the last two weeks, last two games. That we run the, the same play to Kevon. He runs that route real well, and any any reliable on that route. So that's something we've been going to on third and long, and we've converted you know the past two games with the same play. Um, you know, you'd love to see looking the stats. We we spread the ball around passing. There's there's multiple receivers with three catches plus, obviously multiple touchdowns as well. And, and when you look at the quarterback play um, between Johnny Squitary, um and Andrew Heidel, I mean, we talked about this in the pregame, you know, or in preseason. To me, the rotation stuff. Um, I think you're you're going off your days with Spurrier, and why not? My thing is, if you got two good quarterbacks. And 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 they're I think they're good in 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 two different ways. I think Johnny is a grinder and he's gritty and he's gonna get out of the pocket and scramble and make plays. And I think Andrew sees the ball, sees the field extremely well, gets the ball out of his hand really quick. And if you could combine the two, it'd be like, hey, we got Tim Tebow. <laughs> but I mean, but you know what I mean? If if but but I like playing them both and making that defense has to has to look at two different styles. Both of them know the offense. You know, Johnny know a little bit more because he's been here a lot longer. But Andrew, it, it's a natural passer. You know, you can't deny the way he throws the football. And Johnny brings you know some things that Andrew can't do. Also, yeah. as you alluded to earlier, but you know. 
It was, I was going to play both. I didn't know when I was going to play Andrew this game. But after, like, the third series, I told Andrew to get ready. You know, give us a you know, different look in the game. We was up, like, 11-0, I think. So I'm going to continue to play both. And eventually, you know, one may rise to the top. And sure. one may end up being better. One may get injured. You never know. So right. it's a good it's a good thing that we have this year. You know, usually you barely can find one quarterback. Correct. To have two good quarterbacks on our team, it's a, it's a blessing right now. And you talked about it uh, in the preseason uh, podcast we did about uh, – uh, you know, every position is okay to have a couple guys rotating. We've got two or three running backs that, that each one of them tote the rock really well. We've got wide receivers that go in and out. You've got all this rotation except for the quarterback. All of a sudden, we can't rotate any quarterbacks. You know what I mean? And and I know it's unconventional, but that doesn't mean it can't work, yeah. right? And, 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 you know, other than, you know, we're making sure that the cadence is, is right and, and how we flow that, I think that's the biggest key when you're changing is making sure that, that center and the offensive line – knows the cadence and, and how that flows for both quarterbacks. Yeah, we had a little issue last week. You know, when I put Andrew in the game, he was in the shotgun so much at the beginning of the drive. And once we got down the goal line, he was on the center. And he, I realized he hadn't taken any center snap, so he bobbled a couple of snaps right. down there. And that, that was good to see right then. So for now, I know that when I'm getting ready to put Andrew in the game, i got to make sure he gets with the center right. and get some snaps real quick. Uh, but um, Andrew is Andrew is a way better athlete than people understand. Like he can kick field goals, he can kick the ball to the tee back like a regular kicker. He can punt. Uh, he's a lot faster than he looks. You know, everybody see him throw the football. They think they think he's just a pocket passer. Sure. But he's a good athlete though. So we got a good situation. Um, both of them has, has played good so far this year. Yeah. Um, neither one of them turned the ball over last week, and I think they can combine and complete over eighty percent of their passes. So, yeah. and that's what I want. You know, that's what I want in quarterback. I think it's a good. I think it's a good problem to have. Almost through for for almost two hundred yards, um, and I think it's a good problem to have. You're, you're no question about that. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we'll be right back after this commercial break. You're listening to In the Eye of the Hurricane. Coastline Contractors serving Anna Maria, Longboat, Bradenton, and Sarasota are the official construction sponsors of Manatee Hurricane Football. Owner Jack Schneider and his wife Courtney are both MHS grads and proudly call Bradenton their home. Jack's team can handle your building project, whether it's new construction, remodeling, or commercial construction. They specialize in custom builds, attention to detail, and high-end finishes, making the building process personal. Find out more on their website, CoastlineContractorsLLC.com. That's CoastlineContractorsLLC.com. Hey, Hurricane fans, wouldn't a loaded Godson's Pizza sound good right about now? Godson's Pizza House owner Philip Schultes is a Manatee alum who is also a player and coach and now a proud sponsor of Manatee Hurricane football. He invites you to stop in for dinner before heading out to Hawkins Stadium. Godson's is a family-owned business with a rich tradition. It's the finest quality pizza and pasta with the finest service. 1720 Cortez Road, West in Bradenton. Online at godsonspizzahouse.com. Call for carryout at 941-348-2008 and go Canes! Welcome back, everyone, to In the Eye of the Hurricane, presented by Godson's Pizza House and Coastline Contractors. I'm Chad Choate, joined by uh, head football coach, Manti Hurricanes, Jacquez Green. Coach, let's talk a little bit about uh, this week. We've got the Sarasota Sailors away, going to uh, Sarasota and Erig Field there. They uh, are 1-0 on the year. They, they won their opener against the Bayshore Bruins, 56-8. to um, no real stat in stats on Max Prep, so I could, couldn't really get a feel on that. But hey, we know these guys. We've played them in the spring. They've got some coaches that were here with us. They got some players that were here with us. So we know what they do and what they are. Um, but talk a little bit about this week and what you expect from the Sailors. Well, Sarasota is you know one of our many rivals right here. You know everybody in the area wants to beat Manti High School. 
Uh, Sarasota has four or five coaches that also coached at Manatee. So, uh, you know, with, with the score being 13 to 30, I think in the spring, Jamboree, they probably think they can play with us and they got a great chance of beating us. So, hopefully, our guys go out and play a real physical game and and we bring a lot of fans, you know, to their to their uh, to their home stadium. Now we play at Sarasota, so it should be a, a fun night of some football. I like getting on the road a little bit here in the beginning. We got actually a three-week stretch of being on the road, um, and you know, some you know, if you if you want to go make a run, you got to go win on the road. You got to be able to be, you know, the road warriors. So I like getting them out. We've had two weeks at home now. I like getting them out on the road. Go somewhere else. Um, you know, pregame may be a little bit different. The traveling, things like that. Um, talk a little bit about you know your philosophy when we're when we're on the road. How does that change from being at home? I actually like road games better than home Same. games. <laughs> I like to get on the bus early, get away from the school, get away from you know, all the you know, extra things that are going on around the school, get to the uh, locker, opposing locker room, the kids relax, it's just us against everybody else. So I think the kids focus a little bit more knowing it's just us against you know, all the opponents and all their fans and what have you. So I've always liked you know, road games a lot more, you know, especially around here because you don't have to travel very far for it to be a road game. So. It's a fun atmosphere. You know, we know nothing can't cancel the game unless it's lightning. You know, Sarasota plays on Astro yep. turf. So, well, turf, field turf, I guess. I'm old school. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it'll be a fun game to play, you know. And we, we saw them in the spring, so they, they have a lot of confidence that they can probably beat us. So, talk a little about their – we'll talk about their offense. You know, they're running spread, and, and, and you say we've seen them in the, in the spring game. Um, I don't think anything – you know, they don't do really anything – uh, that we haven't seen. It's not any kind of special offense. Does it bode well that we've seen them in the spring, that we played in the spring, um, or does it not really matter in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, we've seen them in the spring, and, and they pretty much do the same thing. You know, they're going to freeze the play just about every time, and the coach is going to try to get in the best play for his quarterbacks and his offensive team. And um, we, we have a good feel for it right now. You know, in the spring, we didn't really game plan or anything. We just go out there and let the kids play. It's the main thing in the spring game. I want to see who can play and who can't. Sure. You, know, you can easily bail kids out by you know, scheming up ways to you know, get them open or you know, scheming up ways for them to make tackles or, or hide the guy in coverage. So uh, we, we think we got a good game plan for those guys. Um, one of our former running backs, Jaden Judge, is over there now. He's probably, probably the best player on offense right now. So I think we got to stop Jaden and, and make them throw the football, make them one-dimensional. Yeah, I think it's key to make anybody one-dimensional, especially if, if – you know, unless you've got obviously a great quarterback there that can wing it, making it more dimensional is is key. Talk about their defense a little bit. Um, you know, nothing I, that I see, nothing crazy, kind of just normal. You know, um, I want to say they run a four three, maybe four four two five ish. You know, sometimes whatever. Uh, but talk a little about what you see from their defense. Who are they got? Who are guys? You're like, hey, listen, you know, we got to make sure we key this guy, man, and whatever. We, we got to be able to run the football. Um, they want to sit in like a four three, kind of like a hip stack, the Sam in the wheel, right behind the ends. Um, they, they, they don't want to adjust much with the front. They'll do more of the adjusting in the secondary. I think they have a new defensive coordinator. I think um, Johnny Jones was the coordinator first, but I think he went over to IMG uh, post-prep, uh, fifth-year school over IMG. So they got a new okay. coordinator, but they still doing a lot of the same things defensively. Um, but every game it starts with we got to be able to run the ball and we got to be able to hit some big plays in the pass game. Um, we've been doing a better job of protecting the passer. Hopefully that continues with – 
long as we got protection, I think we got the receivers to get open. We got the quarterback to make the throws. I, I, I've been very impressed with the offensive line past couple weeks, how they've played. Um, and I agree with you. You know, the pass protection has been better than it was last year, and, and I think that's key. Moving to secondary, moving to, excuse me, special teams. You know, we had a blocked punt last week. Uh, we had a, um, uh, a safety. Obviously, they were in the back of the end zone. Um, but special teams is, has done pretty good so far this year. And, and, and you know, again, we'll, we'll need them again. I think that what's key for us, we've got some guys who can return the football. Um, and so where are you going to kick it? You know what I mean? We, we, um, we have way more athletes than we've always had here. You know, we got way more athletes, which, which makes your special teams better. You know, you got more speed that can run down the field, more guys that can tackle in space. And we got more depth at, as far as the linebacker position, the defensive back position. You know, most of the guys that play special teams. And, and we have four or five different guys that can return the kicks. Um, and even as teams start trying to pop it up, we usually got two guys, you know, up-back type guys that can get the football and, and make plays with it. Um, hopefully, you know, we, we bust some big runs like last week and they start trying to pop the football up, and which gives us great field position. But our special teams played well. You know, we didn't play very well on special teams last year, but we, we have more experienced guys that understand football now, understand how to cover kicks and how to squeeze the football. And so we should only get better at special teams the more reps they get, you know. Well, we're looking forward to to uh, to Friday getting back out and Friday night lights. Remember, the game is at 7:30 kickoff at Sarasota. Uh, we want to thank everybody for for listening, our sponsors as well. Tune in next week as we go back and check out the game for this week in Sarasota Sailors, and we look into our next week opponent, which is uh, Brayton River High School, I believe. Charlotte, Charlotte High School. Charlotte, then Brayden River. Minus that. Charlotte, <laughs> then Brayden River. Uh, but uh, listen, we're all getting we're all getting used to the football season right now. I know we got a big weekend coming up. College football is starting really. Uh, week zero doesn't really count. There was no big games. But college football is here as well. So go Canes, go. Coastline Contractors serving Anna Maria, Longboat, Bradenton, and Sarasota are the official construction sponsors of Manatee Hurricane Football. Owner Jack Snyder and his wife Courtney are both MHS grads and proudly call Bradenton their home. Jack's team can handle your building project, whether it's new construction, remodeling, or commercial construction. They specialize in custom builds, attention to detail, and high-end finishes, making the building process personal. Find out more on their website, CoastlineContractorsLLC.com. That's CoastlineContractorsLLC.com. Hey, Hurricane fans, wouldn't a loaded Godson's Pizza sound good right about now? Godson's Pizza House owner Philip Schultes is a Manatee alum who is also a player and coach and now a proud sponsor of Manatee Hurricane Football. He invites you to stop in for dinner before heading out to Hawkins Stadium. Godson's is a family-owned business with a rich tradition. It's the finest quality pizza and pasta with the finest service. 1720 Cortez Road, West in Bradenton, online at godsonspizzahouse.com. Call for carryout at 941-348-2008 and go Canes! Welcome back, everyone, to In the Eye of the Hurricane, presented by Godson's Pizza House and Coastline Contractors. I'm your host, Chad Choate, and I'm joined by athletic director here at Manatee High School, Matt Bowling. Uh, Mr. Bowling, Matthew, Matt, Coach Bowling, probably go by a bunch of different names, but thanks for joining. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Chad. Thank you all for having me. So um, let's get into just give us your background. I don't know how many people out there. It's only your second year here at the school, you know, started the second year. So uh, give us a little background of, uh, of your past, you know, experience here in, in Manatee County. Sure, absolutely. I am a graduate of the school district of Manatee County, uh, graduated from Palmetto High School. Um, some hurricane fans have, uh, have graciously <laughs> me because I wasn't going to say anything, but um, 
Uh, no, I've, this is my 16th year in the district. Um, I've, I've held various roles. I've been a teacher. I've been a, a dean. And uh, now here I sit in the athletic director position. Um, y- you know, I was I was born and raised in a coach's household. I was raised in an athletic director household. So it's it's been a dream of mine to uh, to to be an AD, to have my own athletic program, and just fortunate enough to to have a place such as special as Manatee to be able to do that at. Well, I know you you've uh, you have some coaching background, you know, as well. And, and tell us a little bit. I love that. Um, I think if you're going to lead coaches, you're going to lead an athletic program, you've got to have coaching background and know what it's like to do the daily grind of coaching and fundraising and that sort of thing. Tell us a little bit about, about one, your background, about the uh, coaching background, but also, you know, what did you learn from there to propel you to, to what you're doing now and now you're leading coaches? What did you learn to, to, to get your job better what you're doing now? Absolutely. I spent uh, 13 years coaching high school baseball and seven years coaching high school football. I um, also coached uh, quite a bit on the uh, national travel scene with baseball. Um, and you're absolutely right. It's very hard to do this job if you haven't been in the trenches and have coached and understand that the hours that your coaches are putting in, hours that, you, that your players are putting in, and more importantly, what you know your parents are going through um, with with trusting coaches and trusting schools with their kids for hours long after the school school day ends. Um, so it is it is very important to have a background to understand what your coaches and players are going through, but at the same time understand too the financial needs of an athletic program. Um, that, uh, you know, as we all know, things are just getting more and more expensive. (laughs) Yep. You know, uh, coaches don't make a whole lot. And, um, you know, our our district and our school board has has done a good job of really trying to curb that a little bit. Trying. Um, And, uh, but at the same time, coaches don't do it for the money. You know, they do it to see that the kids are going to be successful and and give kids something to to have some pride in. Uh, So, you know, it is very... um, uh, advantageous to us to have the community that we live in here within Manatee High School to be able to fundraise and to be able to lean on on some of our alumni and some of our small businesses in the area to really help us out and reach our goals financially so our kids have you know an ability to be successful on the field. Um, you know obviously of course uh, on a day-to-day basis your your tasks are probably uh, a bunch and, and they vary from answering phone calls of, of parents to dealing with athletes to dealing with coaches to dealing with all that, that sort of thing um you know from a from a standpoint of um the job and before you, you know getting this job is it ever is it is it what you in envision before we get to some more specifics about what's going on in, here in Mantee high school with our sports is it more is it specifically what you thought is there you know, was it, uh, man, I, did not, I didn't, didn't think about this or, oh, it's everything that I thought it was going to be? <laughs> you know, I, I think anytime you go into something new, you have an expectation of what it's going to be. And then uh, you, you sit in the seat and it's kind of like, all right, I expected this, but this one's kind of brand new here. Or, or um, you know, didn't realize that it entailed so much. Miss um, Scarborough, our principal, has, has done a great job preparing me um, in administration. Uh, but at the same time, you know, yeah, it is, it is. There are some new things that get thrown at you, um, especially getting prepared for events. You know, being prepared for for things coming up. Understanding that your day to prepare for events doesn't really start till three o'clock. You know, right. when kids and and uh, teachers exit, that's when you can really kind of get started rocking and rolling with with the things that you have to do to prepare for the week or prepare prepare for the evening. So, so in, just in a, and then before we get talking about specific, you know, teams and what to look for this year with some of our athletic teams, as a program as a whole, um, you know, what what is your goal for Manatee Athletics 
um, as you lead us here in 2022-2023 season? My goal is to give our student athletes a platform, not only where they can be successful athletically, but they can be successful in life. Um, my number one goal coming here was to run a first-class program all the way around, that our our athletes were, were doing the right things on and off the field, our coaches are doing the right thing on and off the field, but more importantly, we were preparing our student athletes for life after high school, whether that be athletics in college or whether that be in military or the workforce, trade school, whatever it may be, that that's what we're really trying to prepare our athletes to do. Uh, but my vision, um, you know, we were able to replace uh, the gym floor this year, really do some things in the gym. My next goal is the weight room, you know, really trying to re, re get, uh, redo the weight room, uh, bring it kind of up to 21st century a little bit, if you sure. Um, and, uh, you know, just, just making little slight improvements, but I think it's also very important to understand the tradition here and that this place is a very special place. So you don't want to do too much. You, know, <laughs> yeah. you, you, want, you still want to keep that, that feeling of, of the Friday nights back in, you know, back in the 60s and the 70s. I mean, sure. You know, in the 80s and the 90s, and you want, to, you want to keep that feel. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think that sometimes when you come to a place like Manatee with a lot of the tradition – and, and the longstanding just, just time it's been around, 100-plus years, um, you know, you get people who are used to certain things and the way they go. And change is not always uh, uh, welcomed, but it's sometimes it's needed. And you talk about the weight room, somebody it's needed, you know. I mean, there's no question that that's something uh, when you go around the, to the rest of the, the, the county schools and even other counties around us. Their weight rooms are, 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 you know, far superior than ours. And so, um, you know, I love when you talk about, you know, it, it's funny – um, everybody would think, hey, the answer is to win, right? But that's, that's, that's to me, comes with um, making sure the students have the best success that they possibly can. And, and that's what you started with. And it's refreshing to, to hear it. Yes, look, don't get me wrong. We're judged as a coach. You're judged by wins and losses. There's no question. Um, but we're also judged by how are we producing men and women from, from sports and athletics to be successful in the community, and I, and I think that that's that's huge, and and so it's it's refreshing to hear. Um, tell me a little bit about you know. So let's just start with with the fall season right now. What we got? Uh, obviously, football is is the one that everybody knows is rocking and rolling. Friday nights are, are great. One last week uh, against Wiregrass Ranch, thirty eight nothing. The week before in the kickoff classic, beat IMG, uh, thirty to twenty one. So good, you know, start to the season so far. Got some cool things going on in the in the stadium and stuff. But tell us a little bit about not only football and expectations, but also the other sports we've got going on in the fall right now currently. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll start with football since we were just talking about it. You know, Coach Green and his staff have done a tremendous job of, of, of coming off of a season where we all know that we felt short of expectations um, and coming in and putting in the work in the offseason, putting in the work in the summer and, you know, assembling the coaching staff and getting players in the right frame of mind, both on and off the field. Um, his staff and himself have done a tremendous job of really putting these kids in a position to be successful. Uh, but more importantly, the, the things that the people don't see because they don't see the Monday through Thursday, sure. they're doing the right things in school. They're doing the right things within within the four walls of the school. They're coming to practice. There's a hunger to get to practice. They get to practice. They're getting rocking and rolling out there. They're taking care of business. And, um, you know, it's no secret uh, with, with the wet bulb and the weather, we get a lot of, a lot of curveballs thrown <laughs> at us. And, uh, you know, the, the program's just doing a great job of adjusting to, to, to that, you know, a little bit of adversity that they see. Real quick, before you go on the next, sorry to interrupt, mm-hmm. explain for folks out there, and they may not even know what's going on with the wet bulb and, and 
you know, obviously we get lightning. Hey, lightning striking. <laughs> I think people understand that. But what is what is this wet bulb talking about? And in, and uh, you know, what's the parameters around that? Sure. Well, the, the wet bulb is part of the Zachary Martin Act. It's a floor statute um, that we uh, it is a relative heat and humidity uh, temperature uh, that is taken, and the, the players um, cannot be outside um, above a certain temperature. If I'm remembering freshly correctly, I believe it's 92 on the wet bulb. Once we hit that black area, um, there's there's a, a color code for areas where we have to physically remove ourselves from the field. Yeah. Um, you know, so there there are some some you know adversities that we face with that, but you know, we constantly have a coach monitoring it. Um, last thing we want to do is, is, is put a, a student in a position where a heat illness or, you know, heat exhaustion has the ability to creep in. So, uh, but that changes the way you prepare 100%. because you may have a great practice schedule laid out, Absolutely. but it, but if that thing hits where you got to go, you got to go in. Absolutely. You got to go in and, um, you know, you really rely on your training staff. Um, they do a great job of, of keeping all of our athletes hydrated, you know, and it doesn't just affect football. Um, you know, really in our fall sports is really where we see it. You know, it affects it affects football, it affects cross country, it affects swimming, it affects golf. Um, you know, so it, it affects everything really in the fall. And then you get the tail end of spring where it starts affecting baseball and softball, tennis, um, you know, lacrosse, those those sports. So it, it, it is a little bit of a uh, of a thing we got to monitor. But at the end of the day, you know, player safety is paramount and we're not going to do anything that's ever going to jeopardize that. Right. No, you're absolutely right. Talk a little bit about, you know, how, what are your expectations? How do we feel about those other fall sports that you mentioned, the volleyball, um, you know, your cross country, your swimming, your golf, um, those those things? Absolutely. Um, volleyball has its home opener tonight against Parish Community. Uh, been fortunate uh, this year that we are actually providing three volleyball teams. Um, we'll have a, a freshman in the JV program along with our varsity program. Coach Cawthorn and, and his staff and his girls are doing a great job there. Um, we are uh, – we've welcomed a new – cross-country coach um she's a manatee grad that we brought back home nice um always nice to bring alumni back absolutely coach latessa is going to take on both of our cross-country programs um and um they just had their first meet this past week up in lakeland and did pretty well uh, they got the week off and then they're taking off to lakeland again uh, next week for the for the uh, Sefner uh, christian invitational and then um, our golf teams are rocking and rolling um you know we had a golfer last year to qualify for state he's back yeah. for us for the boys team um Coach Gage is going, to, is going to do phenomenal things with them if they can ever get out of this rain and, right. and uh, be able to play and not lose their ball in the middle of the fairway. What's what's our home golf course? We're at Manatee County. Manatee County Golf yeah. Course? Yes, okay. That's Manatee what I thought. County. I thought we'd been there for a long time. Boys and girls both are playing there. Um, and uh, Coach Corder Gronderos is doing a good job with our girls program. Um, and most people don't know this about her, but she's actually LPGA certified. She's a PGA wow. certified coach. That's great. Um, so she does a great job with our That's girls. That's a good chance program. for the girls to get around somebody that – you know, knows the game and, and maybe even leads them to to a, a future profession of, of golf. Absolutely. And then, you know, our swim program, um, we, we sent a swimmer to state last year. Um, she's back with us this year. Uh, Coach Armour's doing a great job with them. Um, you know, really trying to, to have to kind of to fight some avenues for some pool use. Um, I know GT Bray's undergoing some construction over there, so we've, we've been kind of having to bounce around and, and really work with the, with the county to find some good places for all of our swim teams in the district to, to swim. Um, but we, we've got those worked out, and they're doing a great job with it. Um, being able to utilize a new pool over at Lincoln uh, for some meets this year. Um, so so those, those, those are our fall sports, and, I mean, they're, they're, they're doing great. That's awesome. Now, I think it's always hard for the fall sports, to be honest, starting – you know, you get the start of the school year and the madness that that becomes, and then you got the, you know, you got to field your team, get your teams back from summer break to come in and 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 work and do all that kind of stuff. Um, so so to all the, the the fall team that are that are you know 
going on right now. Kudos to them, to, and, and hopefully we can send some of those those kids, you know, the students back to states and and get even more there. Let's move to to the winter time. When does winter sports actually start? Winter winter will start right towards the tail end of October. Okay. Um, and creep their in practice in starts around there. The, the first week in November. And there you've got um, wrestling. You've Correct. got uh, boys and girls soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, basketball. Correct. And is that it? Competitive cheer. And competitive cheer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that's it. I believe that is it. Okay. Because <laughs> gr- girls girls flag football is spring. Girls flag football yeah. is spring. Yeah. There's 27. Oh, there's there's weightlifting. weightlifting. There's weightlifting. Yeah, Boys and girls weightlifting. Yeah, girls weightlifting. Girls weightlifting. Girls okay. Weightlifting. So, you know, listen, we've, we've had some, some really good girls with it um, in the past, and I know, but for soccer, tell us about boys soccer. I know we're looking for somebody right now. Absolutely. Boys soccer, we are currently uh, looking for a head coach, um, uh, you know, uh, but uh, we got a good group of boys coming back, and they're hungry. Uh, we've had some feelers out for a coach, and unfortunately right now it's just it's just tough to find someone, um, especially coming out of the pandemic and stuff. You know, people are still really trying to kind of get their lives back in order. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, – Coaching isn't really a high priority for some people right now, um, or people who have really, really, you know, got their businesses back on track and they sure. can't handle coaching more because they just got too much on the plate. Um, so well, I know the basketball team. The, the basketball team last year, uh, you know, went to the district finals, right. I believe. It was it was a Bloomingdale we lost to. I know we, I went up there with my kids Correct. to see it. Um, but a surprising year from them. You know, I think we got a couple kids back and then we lost a couple kids from there. But the basketball team looks like it's hopefully on the right track. And I know they, the basketball team always usually starts off a little slow because hopefully the football season's going through and you'll get some guys from football that kind of transfer yeah, over. Absolutely. Yeah, basketball's uh, doing a great job. Um, I, I can tell you right now they're working really hard in the weight room, uh, doing some off-season conditioning. Um, our girls program, we got a new girls coach in this year, uh, Coach Luther. She's going to do some phenomenal things for us um, in, in helping out in our girls program. Uh, the, the biggest thing is it's just – one thing I've noticed in being here a year, we just have kids that just like to work hard. Yeah. And that's 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 a big piece to it is just getting kids to buy into working. Um, and, you know, we were fortunate enough. We brought on a strength coach and Coach Phillips who's helping us out with the football program. But we were also very fortunate to uh, to bring back a name that everybody at Manatee is kind of familiar with and, and Coach Lansky. Yeah. Um, to come back and really help lead some of our strength programs. He's going to take over our girls' weightlifting program and um, hopefully get us back. Uh, you know, we had – we had uh, three girls qualify for states last year, um, so hopefully uh, we'll see those three and then maybe a few more back with the girls' weightlifting. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, girls soccer, um, you know, we, we, we're still rolling with, with, with the same uh, group of coaches and everything we had last year. We lost a few seniors, but we got a good group coming back. Um, and, then, and then the competitive cheer, you know, cheer's been kind of rebuilding, um, and, um, you know, they, they seem to have gotten a little bit back on track. Um, and re- wrestling is the last one, right? And then, of course, you know, Coach Goog has been uh, pretty much staple. <laughs> absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll leave, we'll leave, we'll leave uh, Goog for last. You know, we'll talk about Goog. Um, Coach Gugamini, uh, I, I always refer to him as, as like a mother duck because no matter what he's doing, he has a unique ability to have kids follow him wherever he goes and just follow his lead. And that's the great mark of a coach yeah. is when you can get kids just to follow your lead. And, again, we had three qualify uh, for states last year. For the boys' side, we have one girl qualify on the girls' side. Um, looking to really increase uh, those numbers uh, this year. And, you know, we always expect things from Coach Google Meany, and he always delivers. Every year he delivers. Yeah. And it, wrestling wrestling is not easy. And, uh, and you know, he, he brings, you know, he gets everything out of his, of his wrestlers all the time. And he's been doing it for 
however 25 plus years however <laughs> long it's been 100 so we move into spring kind of the last in you know you've gone through christmas and now the spring sports come through um you know you've got uh track is obviously you know pretty good size uh here obviously you got baseball softball you got girls uh flag football you've got boys and girls lacrosse as well um talk about some expectations coming with some of those those teams as, as we'll move into the year sure, absolutely well um, you know we'll, we'll, we'll talk lacrosse here a little bit because we are one of two schools that do have lacrosse here in Manatee county um, in terms of the school district and uh, it, it's it was a sport that to be honest with you coming in last year i was i was a little uh little intimidated by because I, I didn't know anything about lacrosse <laughs> um, i've been watching for like five years and i know nothing you know and, and really <laughs> really watching them and, and, and watching the kids play on both the boys and girls side there's definitely a love for that sport just as much as there is for any other sport around here um, you know we drew great gates at the games they always had great crowds uh, you know so we're really excited um, we, we have two uh, new lacrosse coaches on the boys and girls side we have coach uh, roach who's going to be leading our boys program and and Coach McGowan, who's going to be leading our girls program. Um, so excited to see what happens there. Um, and then we go off into the tennis courts. Uh, we did have uh, one tennis player last year qualify for states. So uh, they're coming back. So looking forward to doing that on both our boys and girls side. Um, softball. Uh, softball program is going to be going to be pretty good this year, I think. You know, we did good. lose three, three key players last year, but we, we have some young talent coming in. Um, had a pretty good numbers at our interest meeting the other day. Uh, hopefully that might give us an opportunity to bring back our JV program. Nice. Um, and uh, really, really, you know, prepare, prepare these girls that have great varsity seasons by doing that. At the same time, um, our baseball program, and, and to be honest with you, I'm a baseball guy. You know, that's that's kind of where I, I sure. live. But uh, what our baseball program did last year was pretty special. I, with, I 100% agree. Coach, Coach Neem, Coach Nolan, you know, Neem did a great job with – with the the, the the guys were there and and you could tell uh from a coaching standpoint that it was you know he coached hard um and brought those a lot of out from those kids absolutely the atmosphere he created um over at gt bray it, it was i say he created but him and his staff and and, and the students that showed up and, and and really cheered on the guys to play um it was great and, and let me just touch on that for a minute our, our student sections um have been absolutely phenomenal mm-hmm. in the last year and a half and it's been, especially the last two Fridays, it's been really fun to watch kids get excited about Friday night football and just get excited and be passionate about their school. Yeah. Um, but kicking back to the spring sports real quick, you know, we have boys weightlifting coming off, but we had another three uh, qualify for states, um, you know, and uh, they had endured the long eight-hour trip up to Port St. Joe, but they went up <laughs> there and, and did a phenomenal job with the last year with Coach Phillips. And, um, you know, so really looking forward to it. And then, in the end, we, we have a sport, flag football, girls flag football, where uh, Coach Johnson has really come in and transformed it. Um, did a great job fundraising last year. Uh, they did a great job putting, uh, you know, good product on the field. Um, only lost one senior last year, so the majority of the team's coming back. So I, the future is bright for Manatee. There's no doubt about that. We're, it, it's bright, but more importantly, the kids have bought in and the coaches love being here. And it's, you know, we, we talk about it all the time and, and uh, we're really trying to bring that Manatee magic back. Well, listen, there's, from across the, from the spectrum of football all the way to the last, you know, typically baseball is the last one that's, that's played or, or weightlifting, maybe even track that's played, you know, at the end of the year. Um, you know, we want all of our teams to be successful and, and there's, there's no question about it. Real quick before we end, tell, tell the fans out there, 
about the all-season pass that's that's kind of new this year. We've done it before in the past, but new, new. I don't think we did last year. Um, but explain what that is. You know where they can get it, how much it is, and what what they get for it. We do have an all-season pass that is available on on GoFan, which is our electronic, our digital ticket uh, platform. Uh, people do get a little concerned sometimes. They go, oh, I can't get on it. I can't get on it. It says the website's broke. It's www.gofan.co. It's not com, so it's .co. So that's, that is where a lot of things get confused. But you can go on there, and we do have two all-season passes available, one for an adult, one for a student. The adult price is 125 student price is 75 But what we do is you can go on there, you can purchase that. It gives you a pass. It's electronically downloaded on your phone. Um, and we just ask our students or our, or our uh, adult uh, ticket holders just come in and have proof of identification with them. Um, and that gets them into every home event on this campus, JV, varsity, does not matter, every event. So when they're paying that $5 plus dollar processing, they're paying that six bucks to get in, you know, in the end of the day, you pay this one-time fee, you can just get into every game you want to get into at Manatee High School. And what, what did you say the one-time fee? The one-time fee, it's 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 a seventy-five dollar, okay. five dollars for steal, and one hundred twenty-five for adults. Yeah, I mean a steal. By the time you go to, you know, all the football games, you go to a couple of basketball games, go to a couple of baseball games, and and lacrosse stuff like that. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, the the money you pay for that is, uh, you know, we'll end up as a program <laughs> maybe even losing money. You know, if everybody did it. In, in all honesty, <laughs> in all honesty, I do. I, end, I, I would, we would end up losing money. Um, but but before we before we do go, I did want to point out with our boys and girls track program. Um, I was fortunate enough last year to bring on uh, two alumni at Manatee High to lead our track programs and Coach Dunbar and Coach Price. And, um, you know, they've done a phenomenal job and they are really, really, really getting the numbers back in the track. And, and, and I'm excited to see what's going to happen with that one as well. Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, long time history, of especially the 4 by 100 You know, you've got a good history of 200. I think Coach Dunbar, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, is probably still up there for one record, maybe triple jump, something like that. No, 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 he's got too big of a head. <laughs> KP was, you know, Price, Coach Price was on a uh, a state championship team, I think a four by 100. And I'm there. We got some dudes that I think, you know, our four by 100 team with some of the guys that play football that eventually run track. I think it'll be pretty special in the next couple of years. So, Absolutely. you know, so we could see some titles there. We're, we'll. Matt, thanks for for joining us here on In the Eye of the Hurricane. Everybody out there, um, you know, stay up to date with what's going on with our athletics from our website, um, and get out there and, and support the kids, support the students uh, who are out there, you know, throughout the week practicing. Um, when the lights come on, when the games start, get out there and 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 support them. No matter if it's on the uh, on the grass, on the court, uh, on the the matt wherever it is the clay get out there and support these student athletes um like you always have so want to appreciate you for joining us in the eye of the hurricane i'm chad choate your host this was brought to you by godson's pizza house and coastline contractors until next time go canes go